In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Welcome to Carmel. This is heaven on earth, isn't it? It's beautiful. Well, I have good news for you. We can make heaven on earth. But I have bad news too. We can make it hell on earth. Absolutely. God's love for us makes the difference in the way we accept that or we reject that. If we embrace it properly, if we respond to that, miracles will happen. And the greatest miracle of all is that we receive, we participate in the very kingdom of God on earth. His love, His grace, His power are given to all of us. But it depends on us to open the door and let it in. And the fathers of the church say that the only way we can open that door of our heart is through our faith. That's what makes the difference. We can live in hell or we can live in heaven in this life. Of course, God's love for us is to be returned. We know that very well. How? By means of us obeying the commandments of God. What commandments? The Ten Commandments from the Old Covenant, but the new ones from the New Covenant as well, that the Lord Himself has given to us. And in the Gospel lesson last Sunday, those who are here and attended with attention, the Lord taught us that we should not disregard any of the small commandments that He was going to teach. And He taught us that they're all like a chain on which our salvation depends. Link after link, commandment after commandment. And that if we disregard one of the least, we'll fall down. This is how important they are. So we want to go after all the commandments, don't we? Open the door. Open the door and keep it open. But in the gospel lesson today, right after his eyes, we see the blind man disobeying his commandment. If there's one commandment that you and I should disobey, it is this one and no other one. Let me explain what happened. The Lord, followed by the, the multitudes, was encountered by two blind men. Now imagine, these people cannot see Him, right? And they had a way to know who was next to them. And they called Him, Son of David, have mercy on us. How did they call that? How did they say that? Hey, Son of David, have mercy on us? No, they were really loud. They, it came out of their hearts. Son of David, have mercy on us. Because they had a lot of faith. And they knew somehow who this was. Not quite, exactly. But their faith, although imperfect, was rewarded by the Lord. He walked by them like they were not even there. Okay? There were no other multitudes in the way, like in the other case, with the blind man. And he went to the house where he was to stay. And they found him again. And he come, they come to him. And he finally engages him for your and my benefit. Not that he didn't know what was in their hearts, but he asked them. 
Do you believe that I am able to do this? Do you believe that I'm the one who can have mercy on you to heal you? They didn't have to think about it twice. They answered, yes. Yes what? Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. You're the Lord. Where are the servants? Son of David too, but Lord as well. Yes, Lord. So the Son of God now, in His flesh, uses the material things to give light again. He's the one who said, let it be light. At the time of the creation, it was light. So He said now again, let it be light. By means of physical touching, because this God of ours took flesh, physical presence in the world, which is why we can depict Him at His first coming, at the second coming, in our icons and so on. So he touched them. But he also said, according to your faith. He didn't say this at the time of the creation. But now, according to their faith, let it be. Let it be. Let it be to you. Like, you people, my love is here. My goodness is coming. Pouring. It's in your hands. Let it be according to you. You want to live in heaven? Let it be. You want to live in hell? Let it be. Let it be. So their sight was recovered. Their eyes were opened. Can you imagine this? And then after this, the Lord tells them, to quote here, sternly warned them. Do you remember him speaking like this to others? Sternly warned them. See that no one knows it. See that no, no, no one knows what? That I, you're healed? That you can see? That's impossible because they will see you seeing now, right? You have light in your eyes. But see that no one knows that I did this to you. Here's the humble Shepherd. Alright. So they went out. And right away, a demon, dumb man, mute. He couldn't hear, he couldn't speak, because he had a a demon possessing him. He performs the exorcism. The demon is kicked out, and the man can speak. He can hear. Have you ever seen miracles like this? Healings like this in the church? I have. I have. Absolutely. So what did we do when we saw a miracle like this? We all marveled. We all marveled. Just like the multitudes here. See, there's a, there's a camp now of people. The gospel says, marvel. The multitudes marvel, saying, it was never seen like this in Israel. Well, what did Israel see before? They saw Moses. They saw Elijah, Elias, Elisha. Healing the sick, resurrecting the dead. But you know what? They were like the moon next to the sun. Because they had to pray. They had to ask for God's grace to give them that power to heal and raise from the dead. But now here we have God, the Son. Who is the authority. Who has the power over life and death. So, indeed, it was never seen like this in Israel. They marveled. And here we go. 
They're in heaven. Here we go. The Pharisees prefer to be in hell. They said, He casts out demons by the ruler of the demons. How can that be? The Lord Jesus Christ taught them in a different place in the scriptures that that's impossible. This is a foolish thing. It's irrational. It doesn't make sense. A house divided against itself will fall. Right? And a kingdom divided and fighting against one another will be desolate. So how come, you know, the devil do harm to the devil? How come the devil, with the power of the devil, can he kick out the devil? It doesn't make sense. Well, it does make sense. If we look at this from this perspective. In the center of this little story here, of the, the of the healing of the three people, there's a commandment. A stern warning. See that no one knows it. But the blind man went out and proclaimed him as the healer, just like the Pharisees did. The Pharisees saw the miracle, and they said, He did it! But you see what the difference is here? The multitudes and the blind men saw this coming from Jesus from a pure heart, with gratitude. The Pharisees saw the same thing, but their heart was turned towards the evil one. They saw it and they blamed them in a foolish way that didn't even make sense. Didn't make sense. The condition of the heart is what made the difference here. What comes out of a man is what defiles a man. Not what goes in. The Lord talks about this in the context of fasting. Not the food defiles us. We know better than this. We still fast for whatever reason. To grow as a tool to get closer to Christ. But that's not what defiles us. But what comes out of the mouth is what defiles us. And takes us down into perdition. From within, out of the heart of men, proceed evil thoughts. What did the Pharisees say? He casts out demons by the ruler of the demons. Out of the heart of men, proceed evil thoughts. Adulteries, fornications, murders, thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lewdness, an evil eye, blasphemy, pride, and foolishness. Just like this guy said. The devil is beating the devil. Ha! Huh, who would believe this? All these evil things come from within and defile a man. This is what was happening with the Pharisees. What was happening with the other multitudes who said, it was never seen like this in Israel. And to the blind men who went out and Despite the stern warning that Jesus gave them, they violated that and told people that Jesus was the one who healed them. What do we have here? 
These are overflowing hearts of love for God, of gratitude, whom God even could not stop. These people were healed. They rejoiced. They want to thank God. They want to thank God. And it overflowed. Out of their heart came the good things now. The good things. And this is the one commandment that God will allow us to violate. If He tells us, don't tell anybody that it is so good to you. And you go out and say, oh, this Lord Jesus Christ is so much to me. Absolutely. Absolutely. This commandment in the middle of the Gospel reading today is key to how we too respond to the goodness and love for God, of God for us. What did God do to us? What is He providing to us? Well, I can see some of the great blessings. I see you seeing today. And I see you being able to walk and being here in clear mind and spirit to worship. Isn't this a great blessing that we have life to receive life? How do we respond to this? He gave us enough still to be able to drive that automobile and come here. We still can still afford to buy the gas. Thank God. The beautiful families. A roof over the altar, you see. And no rain today. A smile on our face. When we think of the many, many, many more blessings that He gives to us. Every day. Every second. But this is a challenge to us, brothers and sisters. It is a test what the gospel brings to us today. It's a challenge not just for these people. The blind men who are healed. So that through them we would see that gratitude is needed. And joy and thankfulness are needed to bring us to encountering the kingdom of God and experiencing it. And also to put the ones who do not display this in the condition of their heart, experiencing hell. This is the gospel of heaven and hell right here. And our choice, the challenge, the test for us today is to ask ourselves, how do I respond to this? See that no one knows it. Am I taking it literally and no one knows I'm a child of God in the way I live my life? In the way I behave to my spouse, to my children? In the way I help the needy? In the way I give myself? In the way I tithe to the church? That's 10% of the income? I hide under, under these things. Or... Like the Pharisee, that is. Or, I come out with joy and gratitude and meet and exceed these things. Such that when the people around will see me, I'll say, Wow! We've never seen anything like this in the whole history of the community of St. John the Baptist. So it's a test. It is a challenge for all of us to think, How do we receive God's love? How do we receive God's love and what do we do with it? We're blessed to have quite a few catechumens here. A whole load of them. Glory be to God. You know what? We had such a great time. It was painful at that time. But now that giving birth, you know, it's over. With the catechism, we look back and say, wow, it was glorious. 
Is that right, Paul? <laughs> yes, sir. Um, and we worked hard. We learned about all these things. The commandments, the way to pray, the way to fast. The saints, the holy virgins that were talkers. Remembering the departed, heaven and hell. And this last week we had the last class. You know how it was titled? You should because you're invited to in writing. The church invited you in writing. And so did I personally. By mail. Email. In view of all this. What therefore is expected of us? Okay. In view of all this. Oh everything is done. Catechism is done. I grew up to be an Orthodox Christian for 50 years, 30 years, whatever it is. But what, what is it expected of us? And the lesson made it clear that God's love for us is so big, so abundant. This is what we talked about in the whole, this is what we do in church. We're here to receive God's love. And the chastisements of the priest. <laughs> it's so big. And that God loved us first. And no matter what we do, God would love us. We could just turn there and He would be there, unshakable, immovable. Thank God for he, the mystery of confession. Repentance and confession, that we can do that. And that He loved us, loved us so much. And that we have to respond to this love. You see, it was exactly about the healing of the blind men. You people, you're going to be baptized and chrismated you will receive that first hand. That's why it became so vivid to us in the last class. We have to respond to that. And the reminder to us, how do we respond? And we talked in obedience. We follow the commandments. We obey the commandments. To love one another. To love God the way He loved us. To love. To praise Him. To glorify the Lord daily. In this very service, once at least once a week to be here. Great blessing, isn't it? How do we respond to God for this great blessing offered to us and not being here? Can we? No way. To be witness for Christ in the world, to witness God's love in the world, to confess Christ's strength and His faith, and our, through our faith, especially when we are times of trouble, sick. Facing illnesses, losing jobs, being abused, being gossiped about, being defamed by our very close friends and, and parishioners maybe. Rejoice. Confess Christ and be a witness in those things. But also in the way we manage our time, talent and treasure. Given by God for us to to loan, to manage as a loan. We don't own any of these things. And in there we have this example, a beautiful example of the two plates. Why? Because we say, Father, we wait for the, for the tray to be passed at the end. And the times we pass two trays, which is so sad, but we do pass two trays. The two, two plates, not one, is sad. Why is the plate passed, used to be passed at the end? Now we have a box there and freely out of love we put our contribution of treasure in it towards our tithing. Well, here's the thing. Because God loved us first. And we have to respond to that. 
Just like the blind men did, not like the Pharisees. With faith, goodness, love, gratefulness. What is the first plate? The first plate is awaiting to be taken out in procession as we all pray at the great entrance. It's called the discos, the disc, on which the bread has been prepared in a separate service during matins in the form of the lamb of the body of Christ, the amnos, and next to it are the pieces of bread. Virgin Mary, the holy archangels, the, all the saints, our metropolitan, and every one of you those here who bring the names to the altar in the morning with a candle, with a bottle of oil, or some sacrificial offering. The names are being remembered. The departed ones. Okay? This is the first plate that carries out the offering of God. What is God offering here? His very Son. Unfortunately, we remember today a son of our family here who too early was called by the Lord. And you, Paul and Sasha, know very well how painful it is to lose a son. The only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, is offered today as the sacrificial lamb on the altar. This is what God brings to the table. The first plate. How about the second plate? The second plate signifies what we bring. Ourselves. Our sacrifice. What sacrifice? Of obeying the commandments. Of responding with gratitude. Of responding with joy. Of responding with proportionately. Meaning of what we receive, we give accordingly. Right? This is what percentage means. This is what 10% means. It's a proportionate offering. We receive love, we give lovingly. We receive generously, we give generously. We give wisely. We give gladly, just like the blind men did. We give humbly. So with the catechumens, with all of us, with the two plates today and in every service. And in the Gospel reading today, we see how the blind men saw and beheld the Lord. The deaf heard and listened to Him. The mad came to themselves and knew Him. The dumb spoke and confessed Him. But the wise of this world, the Pharisees, who were the taught ones, had their minds clouded by the wisdom of the world. Their hearts were ossified, were hardened by vanity and envy. They were unable to see, hear, know, and confess Christ, the kingdom of God revealed on earth. Can you hear? Can you see? Do you know Him? Do you confess Him? See that no one knows it. No, see that everyone knows it, that He's so good to you, that He's so good to us. Can you do that? Yes, you, we can do that. If we open that door of the heart, that's called faith, you see, and receive the power and grace and love of God. If we open that door, 
and close the door to the world. May the good Lord give us strong arms, good eyes, good ears, good hearts, clean hearts, illumined hearts, so we could find these doors, the door of the world and close it, and the door of His goodness, our faith, and open it widely. Amen.